1: It's Sunday and it's meeting time. And today we're going to continue learning about the fourth step of recovery that we made a searching and fearless moral inventory of our lives. I want you to think about this. If you were in a war and were able to seize your enemy's battle plans, how much more would your chances be for victory? If you remember last week, we ask ourselves why we do the things we do. Why we can't change that which is wrong. And how did we become like this? Well, you know what? Paul wondered the same thing. The Apostle Paul, in Romans 7, he admits that he battles with his sinful nature. And he tells us, I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. And we can all identify with Paul's struggles, especially those that battle addiction. We want to do what is good and healthy, but invariably we fall into our destructive patterns. Paul also acknowledged there's a power within him that's at war with his mind. Folks, that's spiritual warfare. And when we apply this fourth step to our lives, It enables us to discover Satan's battle plans, his strategies, and his strongholds. And with the Holy Spirit leading us through this process, we're able to eliminate Satan weapons that have reduced us to being prisoners of this spiritual warfare, prisoners of our own mind. Look, God created us with instincts for companionship, intimacy, material, and emotional security. These God-given desires are necessary and good. But unfortunately, through our addictive thinking, Satan uses these instincts to dominate us, drive us, and rule our lives. And our obsession and compulsion for emotional security births self-centeredness. Materialism becomes idols. Prestige turns to self-righteousness. And intimacy evolves into inappropriate sexual behaviors. And these misdirected instincts running wild in our lives cause physical, mental, and emotional illness. And then we lose ourselves in confusion and bewilderment. We act out with anger, self-centeredness, fear, resentments, depression, and a plethora of other emotions. We refuse to admit that we're out of control, and we hide our guilt and shame by isolating. Have I described how you're living today? Well, this perverse soul sickness must be addressed. Folks, we must come out of hiding before we can recover and heal. Let me jump ahead for a minute. Soon we'll be introducing the fifth step of recovery, which entails confession. Well, how do we know what to confess? How do we recognize the exact nature of our sins, our secrets, our embarrassing behaviors, and our spoiled hopes that are hidden deep in our souls? This is where the fourth step comes into play. This principle exposes these misdirected instincts and helps us get in touch with part of us that have been hidden for far too long. Our repressed nature must be brought to the forefront. Folks, it's just like a business that takes inventory of its stock. With pen in our hand, we walk down the aisles of our lives and note areas of our weaknesses, our strengths, the good, the bad, the ugly, what must be discarded, and what must be nourished. Now, we've been asked, why must this inventory be written? Well, by penning our history lesson, we'll unlock parts of our subconscious that remain locked in the vault if we just talk about it, or think about it. See, once it's on paper, it's easier to see and so much harder to deny our true nature. We have to write it down to own it, to claim it. We have to look at our mess before we can clean up our mess. It's in black and white that we need the spiritual transformation, not the outside world or the people in our lives. And our search must go beyond the surface. To expose these malignant instincts, and I call them malignant tumors of addiction, we must find the root causes of our disease. It's like taking a spiritual x-ray, MRI, or an ultrasound of our inner being, and using the pen as a surgical scalpel, we examine our behaviors, our repressed nature, to find the exact nature of our illness. And this is how we come out of hiding. Now, I ask you to reference Genesis 3, verses 6 through 13. Adam and Eve allowed Satan to tempt them to eat of the forbidden fruit by offering them wisdom and godlike power. And their self righteousness and self centeredness caused them to overstep God's given boundaries and have plunged all of us into sin. And after their disobedience, they felt ashamed because of their sin and their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together and covered themselves and went into hiding. Folks, we've been covering up and hiding ever since. Now, we don't wear fig leaves, but we wear many invisible masks because we're ashamed of who we are inside, and we wear masks to camouflage our mind, body, and soul sickness. Let me share a portion of my inventory that you might relate to. I wore many masks to conceal the insecurities and fear in my life. These masks were interchangeable. I wore a mask for my loved ones, a mask for church, a mask for my business, one for the opposite sex, one for recovery, and a mask for my addictive lifestyle. Think about how many masks you're wearing. Now, Let me discuss my mask of self-righteousness, pride, and narcissism. Because of my fears, resentments, guilt, and shame, I hid behind self-centeredness. I tried to control and manipulate everyone and everything. I took advantage of everyone within reach. I refused to omit the demise of my life was my fault. I minimized all my problems, and I was void of any responsibility. I wore the mask of Spider-Man. I would lure you into my web and consume you physically, mentally, emotionally, and financially. And then I would act out in rage when confronted with my condition. I would blame you for my problems. I was a total hypocrite. I got to tell you, you wouldn't have liked that Terry Hanna I'm describing But then I went to work, and I discovered why I was self-centered, who I was controlling and how it affected their lives, where I was entrenched in my self-centeredness, what problems were minimized, and where I must be responsible instead of playing the blame game. And since I've applied this four-step to my life, and I continue to ask God to search my soul and remove anything that offends Him, I'm a new person in Christ. I want to share with you a valuable life lesson I learned from Jesus in Matthew 23, verses 25 through 26. Jesus called the Pharisees a hypocrite, and he said, you clean the outside of the cup acting religious. Folks, that was their mask but on the inside you are filthy, full of greed and self-indulgence. You must wash the inside of the cup, and then the outside will come clean. Ladies and gentlemen, this is an inside job. It's only by uncovering the hidden parts of our souls that we'll be able to change the outer person. Let me say this to you. If you've eaten the forbidden fruit of addiction... If you feel like a hypocrite, if you feel dirty inside, this fourth step is a precious way to wash the inside. And that may involve bathing our souls with tears. I think of having a good cry and then feeling better afterwards. Listen, we know this inventory will cause some pain. But with God's gift of salvation, guidance, and timing, this inventory will lead you to a life full of humility, faith, grace, mercy, and healing. And we also know that by accepting Jesus Christ as our Savior, He will fill the empty places uncovered in our inventory. And He does that with love, care, protection and guidance. Why don't you come out of hiding today? Why don't you ask God to guide you on this wonderful road of recovery? Why don't you ask him for forgiveness for the sins that you've revealed in your past and ask him to be your savior? He's loving you. And he's waiting for you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I don't know about anybody else out there, but I learned a lot, and I've been blessed. Thank you, Father God. So what are we to do with this written inventory that we just learned about these last couple of weeks? And that takes us to the fifth step of recovery, that we admitted to God, to ourselves, and another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. We don't put this inventory in a drawer, but we use it to tell on ourselves, and that's called confession. You don't want to miss next week's meeting. We're going to learn so much about telling on ourselves. Amen. My friends, I heard a powerful explanation of the abyss of addiction. Listen to this. This demonic disease of addiction will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. That's powerful. But I might add, these costs are more than financial. In 1 Peter 5, 8, the apostle warns us, stay alert, watch out for your enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. The evil one wants us to be penniless, but also helpless, hopeless, godless, and then death. In verse 9, Peter tells us to resist the devil through prayer and God's word. And he reminds us that we're not unique. Satan's attack of addiction are experienced by our Christian brotherhood throughout the whole world. And meetings such as Christians with secret addictions help us realize that victory over addiction is attainable and we're not alone in this battle. It's a team effort. Jesus, you and us. Our meeting consists of shared experiences of recovery and healing from any type of addiction, and our solution is spiritual nature. Our ministry is to carry this message to anyone, the lost soul, the addict, or their loved ones. And we do that through these airways. We want to journey with you from the darkness of addiction into the light of recovery and healing by way of the light of the world, Jesus Christ, and his biblical teachings. And as with every radio ministry, there are financial costs involved. Now, preceding our meeting, you heard the announcer claim that Christians with Secret Addictions is sponsored by yours truly. And it's true. I fund this meeting myself. But it's also a listeners supported meeting. Please hear me. If this ministry is a blessing to you or yours and you want it to continue, I really need your help. Please consider supporting Christians with sacred addictions financially. I want you to know how honored I am to host such a vital ministry. But there are times when it's difficult to absorb these costs alone. You see, this is also a team effort as well. And I need you to join this team and share in these costs. So let me share how we can continue to help each other